and welcome to Reality Blows. My name is Nick Maritato. I'm Ashley Burke-Roberts. This is a podcast all about reality television. That it is, Nick. We also talk a lot about our lives. Believe it or not, that's and, what we do. And believe it or not. Folks, um, uh, this is going to be a wild one. Yeah, we got a lot to discuss. I hope. Yeah. We got to kill some time here. It's a goddamn podcast. I mean, let's get into our lives first and foremost. This week was pretty intense for me. Um, and it, it culminated with, it all came together last night when we went to the New York Philharmonic. Guys, have you ever gone to the symphony before? That's a question. I'm going to give you a second to answer. Guys, have you ever heard of the symphony? You ever heard of a symphony? Called the New York Philharmonic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We did it. We did it. I'm, first off, very impressed with Nick and I. We never do things. So this was a big deal. It is interesting that we don't uh, do a lot of stuff. We live in New York fucking city, man. Yeah, I haven't done anything for like four years. We've had a, me- a MoMA membership, a membership to the Museum of Modern it's, Art. It's a membership. A membership. <laughs> and we've gone, what, twice? Yeah. Um, That's well, something we- to be embarrassed about. Yeah, we've had MoMA memberships for probably the past three years. Yeah, running two, two, three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this may be our three. Maybe this is our fourth year. I don't even know. But we it, went together once, and we've gone. We've um, only gone together once. We've only gone together once. We've gone separately. You've gone with your mom, and then I've gone with friends because you can get friends in for five. I've bucks. gone with a friend as well. So that yeah. means that my tally is three times at the MoMA in three years. <laughs> Well, you know what? I think that that's still cheaper than paying the admission, which is twenty bucks. Anyway, we is need it to not get... a suggested admission? It's not. Most wow. museums in New York are, but the Museum of Modern Art is not. Wow! And it, yeah. it's they're gonna pay. You're gonna pay twenty dollars to go see that modern art. That's right. Some of that modern art ain't ain't really art, in my opinion. Okay, save it for well, another I'm podcast. Just saying, throw some friggin' oil paint on a canvas if you're gonna call it art. You can't just have like a vacuum cleaner and have it be art. Yeah, you can. It's okay. like, hey, this is the vacuum cleaner exhibit. Um, this is just vacuum cleaners throughout the years, and you're just like, oh, that vacuum cleaner seems old. This one seems a little newer than that one that's very interesting that's the type of shit that happens at the moma sometimes i I think you're being a little dense i'm telling you i'm telling you it's stuff like that like i remember and you know what i kind of like shit like that i'm i'm being a little funny um (laughs) so i was about the vacuum cleaners but i remember i went to one one of the art uh exhibit art exhibits yeah and it was just different like speaker systems throughout the years mm. so it started with like the phonograph and then there was like a room of phonographs and then it was like this is what they call an eight track that sounds uh, pretty cool it was kind of cool and i kind of liked it but <laughs> how many times they don't move the exhibits that often so how many times am i going to go into the moma and look at that exhibit you know what i mean wait i just remembered we've been to the moma twice because one time we went just to see yoko ono's exhibit the yoko ono exhibit although i liked it it was kind of goofy well, you know yeah, I mean? but that's because she's kind of goofy. I mean, part of her thing is like, I let flies out in the museum. And I thought that was kind of cool. But yeah. still, it's like, how many times am I supposed to go and see that stuff? It's anti-art art. The other thing is when you have the MoMA, you know, card, the membership, like yeah. you have all these like, like different perks, right? So yeah. like you can go, you can go during member hours. But it's like 8 a.m. And who's waking up exactly. before... Y'all, <laughs> I gotta go. I gotta get over to the MoMA. I heard that there, uh, there's a exhibit with all the different, um, you know, uh, this is just the peach exhibit, where there's like the different types of peaches throughout the years. And that sounds uh, awesome. I know it's tough to say something that doesn't <laughs> sound awesome. I was trying to come up with something. It's like, oh, how about this? Hey guys, uh, there's a great new installation. Uh, it's just paper clips. Okay, I don't like there that. There you go. You got that's me. something you'd see at the MoMA. You, you know, got me. You'd also see Vincent Van Gogh's Starry Starry Night. Yeah, how many times you can look at that? I could look at it every day for the rest of my life. But you don't. You've gone there three times in the past <laughs> three years. Touche. Yeah. Touche. And then there's like, sometimes I'm like, hey, you know, I got this membership. Like, can you just get in for free? It's like, there's a cafe. Maybe I'll just come up to MoMA one day and just like read a book. Yeah. Never happened. I'm going to start going. Okay. Mark my words. Guys, hold her to it. I think I'm going to go once a month this year. That's going to be my... I didn't make resolutions. That's going to be one of my resolutions. You guys, we're going to pause the podcast so Ashley can write this down in a notebook. Pause. 
Scratchy, scratchy, scratch. Unpause. Wow, you're yep. really going to do it. I'm going to do it. Uh, so I didn't mean to get you like launched onto mm, this like critique of please modern art. Throw anything at me and I, I will launch on it. We were going to talk about our Philharmonic date. What did you think, Nick? Guys, we went and saw the symphony and boy, oh boy. I enjoyed it yeah. quite a bit. And I'm not being sarcastic, even though it sounds like I'm being sarcastic. We just watched Lindsay Lohan's Beach Club, and so everything <laughs> is coming out. Very Mykonos right now. Um, but, uh, yeah, I really liked it. I mean, um, it brought up a lot of different feelings for me. Uh, one that I – it was interesting that I had never really seen uh, something like that, kind of an orchestra alone performing different pieces for a couple of hours mm -hmm. i've seen orchestras accompany things yes mostly broadway mm -hmm. um you know other things i've seen live off off broadway yeah of course <laughs> um uh, live uh, sometimes the, the i think i went and i saw um back to the future once and there was an orchestra playing the oh, music that's rad they, they do that sometimes and i've seen stuff like that but never having the musicians be the focal point of the experience which this was and they were like rock stars they came oh, out well, <laughs> they what? weren't they weren't rock stars they were rock stars uh, uh, there was an oboe up there you can't be a rock star playing an oboe um what did you think of that couple like basically dry humping in All front right, of so us here, here's the problem you can't <laughs> when you're me and I guess Ashley as well, but I don't want to speak for her, although she did bring it up. You can't go anywhere to see a nice experience without it being just like a nice experience. You, I, I guess the reality TV a nerd in me is always staring at people looking for their interpersonal exchanges and relationships. Yeah. And I will watch a person watch a thing for like the entirety of the thing. Yeah. And unfortunately, sometimes it's fun. This time there seemed to be a May-December relationship. There was an older man who needed a haircut and a young younger woman who thought that she was at the Metropolitan Museum of I don't know where I was going with that. She, she was thought she was at the grant the gala. She was like dressed yeah. up for the gala. Because Ashley and I went, we were going to the symphony, we're like, what should we wear? And then in like, you know, we put some stuff together. It was fine. I Googled it. It said business attire. Yeah. It's like people come from work, you know, it's not the place for evening gowns and tuxedos, but yeah. it is it is good to look nice. Yeah. You so know. we looked nice. Yeah, we looked nice, but we went into a place that was like across the street from the building that we were supposed to be in, and it was people in tuxedos yeah. and Nick started and sweat. evening gowns. And I was like, fuck, I'm in like a sweater and like a. And then and, we found out we were in the wrong place. <laughs> yeah. And then we went across the street, guys in like tennis shoes. Yeah. You we're know, like, these jeans. are our people. And I'm like, ah, oh, finally. Not to mention the guy sitting next to me. There was this, this old couple sitting next to me that definitely slept throughout uh, the two hours. And when it first started, he could not get his shoes off fast enough. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he was so excited to spread out. Yeah. So this couple in front of us. Um, there were two rows in front of us, but it just so happened that the two people sitting between us did not show up for the symphony that night. So I had a direct eye line to these people that I watched pretty much throughout the entire show. And what was going on is they were overdressed, and uh, clearly the woman was very happy that the man had purchased them tickets to the symphony that night. Yeah, um, she was acting like they were $200 tickets. Yeah, they were not. Um, <laughs> and uh, And they were just... I guess the woman would kept being moved by different pieces and then her eyes would kind of roll in the back of her head and she'd look at the man and kind of stare longingly and then they would share a kiss. We're talking full face connection, leaning their faces up against each other, staring into each other's eyes, kisses on noses, uh, deep hand massages. At one point, Nick was like, she's giving him a hand job. All right. And I was like... Well, my mom <laughs> listens to this. But mom, believe me, this woman was giving this guy a hand job. She was definitely not giving him a hand job. Know. But she was rubbing his hands intensely. I mean, they were just, this was like the most like um, visceral foreplay I've it ever seen. It was vile, people. It, it was, was disgusting. I, I mean, you know, PDA is gross, but this was worse because like I had like two, we had like front row tickets to this PDA. And the thing is, if it's a Broadway show, you are, you have things to really focus on. You're, yeah. trying to keep, you're trying to stare at a store. You're trying to pay attention to a story. Mm -hmm. You're enjoying somebody acting. If it's a movie, you're watching a movie you're engrossed and yeah, maybe the visually things change <laughs> uh in when you're going to just see the symphony you're really just listening of course you're taking in the uh people playing i mean we just happen to have some tickets that were maybe not the greatest to see they were kind of close up so you 
he kind of got bored with the few cello players we were kind of sitting in front of. I'm mean, not bored, but you, you, you look around and you listen because it's so beautiful. And unfortunately, every time my eyes strayed from the orchestra, they moved right to this disgusting couple. And I watched them for over two hours just be gross. Yeah. Basically, at least we weren't the woman sitting next to them. Woo, oh, my doggy. God. This woman looked like B. Arthur, and she was sitting next to him. Every movement that the, the uh, young woman made, this this older woman, just like the, the, the look that she was giving Cutting. them. Cutting. Cutting looks in which no one saw except for me. Like, yeah. She was, <clears throat> excuse me, she was making cutting uh, cutting looks. But but this this other one this woman her her shoulders were like towards she her, was the turned man. towards she was the tur- man she couldn't understand I was looking at this woman look be upset with this other woman and yeah. and I'm living in my own head meanwhile half the symphony is over at this point so of course I have to stare at that stuff another an anomaly ladies and gentlemen something that I have never experienced oh my god there was a point in which it was just a rest point. Um, in one of the pieces that they were playing. So there's this huge sound coming. And then at a point, you know, everybody rests. Silence. Not clapping silence. No, because it wasn't over. It was just a rest point. All of a sudden, one person like behind us (coughs) started coughing like that. And then another person started coughing. And then another person. The place erupted in coughs. It was insane. (laughs) I had to look at, I mean, we're not really speaking during this thing. I had to look at Ashley and go, is this the most insane thing you've ever experienced? (laughs) Everyone was holding their coughs in for this one moment. And then it became like contagious and the whole room was coughing. I didn't cough once. Nick lost his shit when people started coughing. Because it was like, it was like, it really was just like one guy. And then another guy. And then all of a sudden, and then it was, and then it was like, it was insane. It was insane, and I understand that it is contagious, you know, in multiple ways. I mean, uh, yeah. you know, you can get sick. It's virally, and yeah. But we all know, like you know, in school, like when you would be in class, one person would cough, and all of a sudden, everybody's clearing their throats. Yeah, I get it. It kind of. Someone coughing alerts you to the fact like, oh, maybe I need to cough. And then you kind of feel it in your throat and then you kind of clear your throat. I get it. This was unbelievable because the acoustics in this place was incredible. Yeah. I mean, these coughs were bouncing off the walls. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was insane. Uh, Anyway, the symphony was great. Symphony was incredible. (laughs) It was a very magic night. Couldn't tell you the conductor. Couldn't tell you any of the musicians. Couldn't tell you any of the pieces. I could tell you that somebody was making out in front of us and there was a bunch of coughing behind us. But still... A positive experience. A plus life experience. Now, um, the next thing I want to move into, it's funny that you mentioned vacuums earlier in your takedown of the MoMA, because earlier this week I went on an audition for a vacuum commercial, okay? And the copy they had given us, uh, the character breakdown was like, um, you know, a, a, a an unusual mom, never meant to be a mom, but is embracing her new status and really just rocking out motherhood. And so I was like, okay, I like absorbed this idea of a character. And then there was some dialogue there where she's talking to the mess and she's like, I will destroy you. I will own you with the help of my whatever shark vacuum or whatever it was called. And so I go into the room and if you've never been in a commercial audition, it's like a casting assistant who has a camera and is filming you. And it's just, it's a very lonely, isolating experience. A yeah, really warm situation you're walking <laughs> into, right? You're It's a cattle call of a yeah. bunch of people that sort of look like you. You're in a room of like, yeah, different versions of you. Yeah. And so I go into the room and she's like, okay, forget the dialogue. Usually there's like a big um, sort of like easel there with the dialogue written out next to the camera so you can reference it as you're as you're doing your commercial performance. She was like, forget the dialogue. Don't do the dialogue. I just want to see you interact with the vacuum and then just whatever, just improv this. Just like whatever you want to do, whatever comes to your mind. I did about five minutes on how I never meant to be a mom. Um, (laughs) I talked about like, you know, it was never part of my life plan, especially not in this economy, you know, with global warming, I went down a true rabbit hole. Um, and by the end of it, me and this casting director were just looking at each other, both shocked. Um, she asked me to do it again and she was like, try and be more positive. And also if you could mention the vacuum at some point, (laughs) 
<laughs> so um I, you're like holding the vacuum over your head like a <laughs> like a butcher knife or something i just like forgot about the vacuum and like launched into you know i come from a family of a lot of young moms and i, I had reached a point where i had never thought i was I come from have a kids. family my immediate family had four young moms <laughs> and uh, it was very tough uh, i come from a long line of teen brides and and, and i knew i was going to escape that and so i never thought i'd be a mom and here i am i'm in my 30s i mean i just really went for it now i had taken my add medication that morning which i usually don't do before commercials because it makes me like a little too focused and serious and that was the result five minute monologue about how i never meant to be a mom and then they told you to lighten up a little bit yeah lighten up and, and mention you, the vacuum did you do it again <laughs> yeah i did it again. what was the second take like it was kind of the same <laughs> <laughs> you're like hey, listen there's only one way you could clearly go with this yeah. and that is super sad and depressing and then i shoehorned the vacuum in yeah yeah and you then you did a commercial audition for a shoehorn mm -hmm. and yeah. uh, it was quite a, and it quite just a ride. went kept going this also was a this was a huge week of auditions actually and then i did an audition for um an eczema cream and they had us come in in bike shorts and tank tops oh that um, makes you feel comfortable i cannot i have never been so uncomfortable in my life and this was a callback so that means the director the client everyone is there sitting at a long table in the back with the casting director and had you auditioned initially or they just brought you in for the callbacks they just brought me in for the callbacks. So they were like we need somebody with horrible skin oh get us ashley brooke <laughs> roberts um i had to cry into the camera which was actually pretty easy when i was standing there half naked i was like okay i can definitely be vulnerable in front of these people and then i i did it and usually they'll ask you to redo a scene or try you try this differently just to see how you work with direction but the director was like i don't think we need to see anything else you nailed it and I was like, oh, wow, thanks so much. And I left, and then I got a I got a, um email that I didn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> and by nailed it, we mean we're going to keep looking. So, um, you know, it's funny. I don't <clears throat> normally go on uh, commercial auditions uh, any longer, but I actually got um, an interesting phone call. <laughs> I was in my car, and I got a phone call that I thought was a prank for quite a bit, and I realized it wasn't a prank. But I get a phone call and I go, hello? And then there's this British woman on the phone and she's like, hello, um, is this Nicholas? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, hi. Oh my God, okay. So we have a commercial audition that we want you to go on. And um, okay, it's for Stanley Steamer. And here's the here's the whole idea. Here's the whole idea. Okay. So you'll go in you'll go in, right? And this is this is the ad, okay? You go in and you've just been working outside and it's uh uh hot out, right? And your and your and your wife has just left this is going Irish you, and it's, British. It's all and over Irish. the place. When you told me about this, you started it with a Hello. Oh, okay. You did a Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> all right, so I'll go to that. Hello, <laughs> Nicholas. Well, uh, this is a uh, this is so and so from so and so casting. Will you come in for the Stanley Steamer audition? And well, I okay. Here it is. Here's the audition. All right, see, I'm gonna go into the. I'm gonna do Irish. Now, uh, did you ever? Did you ask her like? No. Uh, okay. I didn't say anything. I was like, uh -huh. you just let her launch what, into what her is thing. It? Here's the ad. So it's a woman. Um, um, who is at home and she's uh, trying to clean up her apartment and uh, or her house and then she has to leave and her husband comes in from a long day of work and he's all disgusting and he's gross and he's paunch and he's disgusting <laughs> and he's smelly and he's hairy and that's you and then you walk in and then you you realize you have the whole place to yourself and you take off your shirt and you take off your pants and you take off your stinky socks and you show your feet to the camera and then you lay your stinky hairy body and you're sweaty and you're disgusting mind you you're gross and then you lay on there and then you uh, once your disgusting stinky hairy body ruins the whole place you look at the camera and you go time for a Stanley steamer now do you think you could do that <laughs> and I was like uh yeah I'm like literally laughing I'm like yeah 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 sure it's uh I'm 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 into it sure sure I didn't do it I yeah. decided I called Ashley up immediately and we laughed about it actually Ashley was pissed off we at had me. a huge fight about this because yeah. I don't know why I said we laughed about it. Well, we laughed about it in the beginning when you were doing the impression. You were doing the impression of the woman, and the idea of the commercial was funny. But then you were like, "I'm not going to do that. I don't want to take my shirt off." Meanwhile, I was 
literally about to leave the house for the eczema commercial, like staring into this mirror, looking at myself in these bike shorts and a strappy tank top being like, I don't want to go show my whole body like this at this audition, feeling so uncomfortable, but gonna going to do it anyway. And then having you say, I'm not going to do it because I felt uncomfortable. I was like, uh, who's pulling all the weight here? Listen, you, me, I'm fat. You're not. And uh, they, they wanted me to take my completely, go completely topless on this thing. You know, they said, oh, and then in the, when they sent me the thing, it was like a dad bod. And it's like, I don't have a dad bod right now. Dad bods are cute. I have a mom bod. I have breasts. <laughs> <laughs> I have you breasts have very at the moment. You have cute breasts. I, I've, at the moment, I have breasts. <laughs> and <laughs> I just, it's not cute. Also, I'm not like going to be, it's not, I, why do I have to be the fat, hairy guy? You don't, baby. Sweaty, taking his, it's like, a, okay, we have a role for you. It's for a big, fat piece of shit. <laughs> Are you available? <laughs> you know, that's how it always is. Yeah. You know, it's like when I was doing more auditions, it would be like, you know, here's the role. It's for like the crazy next door neighbor. I'm like, I could do crazy next door neighbor. And I'd go in, it's just like, 12 fat of the fattest guys you've ever seen <laughs> that kind of look like you and they're like you're a real piece of shit yeah no. you're like okay say the okay and then are, are you here are your sides then you go into the audition and you're like okay um i'll read uh, this is janet janet will be reading with you and i'm like okay and so janet will say her first line and janet will be like um so um what do you do for a living and then uh you go to my line and i'm like i'm just like a big fat stupid asshole <laughs> uh, no, no, no. i'm a big stupid piece of shit and then they're like great great would you like to try it again and i'm like yeah sure sure and then they're like you want to try anything different and they're i'm like, like can yeah. you fart when you do that yeah yeah can you pick like, your nose a little do you bit? mind do you mind just like flopping one of your tits out while you do that and then just winking at the camera and just telling everybody that you don't have any dignity left that would really help so, sorry for the rant guys but speaking of tits can i change the this i want to dramatically change this conversation no Is that okay or do you no. want to keep talking about i want to keep talking about my breasts <laughs> i lost three pounds this week hey congrats i'm counting calories you are counting calories yeah it's hard but i'm doing it I just wanted everybody out to know that. Yeah, okay, back great. to your titties. Okay, great, great. So you're doing really well. Great. Thanks for reminding me. <laughs> no, folks, I've actually been eating very clean for yeah. about four days now. And they cut out grains and dairy. Cut out grains. I cut out dairy and sugar. Yeah. Uh, aside from natural sugars, I am eating some fruit, ladies and gentlemen. You got to eat the fruit. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm really, uh, I'm not struggling. I'm still, I'm kind of enjoying not eating garbage. Because, I mean, really from, I would say... Halloween mm -hmm. through New Year's, I really went for it. Yeah. I really was like, I am just going to eat like a piece of shit. Yeah. And let's see how that works out for me. I'll yeah. just try that one on for size. And boy, oh boy, um, it didn't work out. I uh, felt like garbage, was gaining weight. Um, and I knew in the New Year, at some point, I was going to have to start going back to eating clean. And uh, luckily, last a uh, couple days ago, I really committed to it. And I've been pretty good. You know, I'm trying to eat. You're doing good. Eat a lot of veggies. Ooh, you know what else we've done that's a huge self-improvement that I just remembered? So Nick and I, um, we have we live in a shithole of an apartment, and we can't, one of our rooms doesn't have heat, and then the uh, the kitchen we learned. The, two of the, our rooms. Our two, bathroom doesn't have heat. Oh, yeah. I don't count that, because we've always never, we've never had heat in the bathroom, but that's a good point. Um, and then we learned last week that our kitchen sink. We don't live in a shithole, folks. Okay. I, I want to say, that, that right. makes it, it's not a shithole. It's actually a pretty decent place it's a decent place it's just not kept up well is that how would you describe it put it this way i don't know how many of you live in new york city but for new york city like if you're like a new york person unless you're like super rich you'd come in our apartment and be like how the fuck do you guys get so much space like, yeah we got a lot wow, of like, space what's the deal like we are able to live we for the for what this place lacks it makes up for in a bunch of rooms and a really Truly. cute little kitty. Yeah, and Lily makes it a home. Mm -hmm. No, we have so much space. We have the cheapest rent I've ever heard of in my life. And with we pay twelve dollars. We split twelve dollars a month. That's with pretty that amazing. comes no heat, and our kitchen pipes are leaking into our neighbors downstairs. Sure, our pipes leak. Okay, we don't have any heat. <laughs> the molding is falling off of all the ceilings and the walls. 
most of the doors don't close right. None of the locks work. The windows don't open. The windows don't open. They've frozen shut or some shit. I think they're all like broken. I don't know. Well, who knows on. what's going on? We have one closet. Yeah, and we it's do like have about one it's about two square feet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but everything else is great. So our kitchen pipes are leaking into our neighbors, so we can't use the kitchen sink. And then um, on Saturday morning, our super George was going to come over. In it, the morning. First of all, I'm I'm pissed off at George n- number one because he he eyes us up as fucking gringos and he's like hey what's up i'm george it's like bro your name is j-o-r-g-e i know that's jorge yeah i know how to pronounce it you don't have to look at me and make it easier on me because all it does is i look at your name in my phone book and i go it's george but it's jorge yeah should i call him jorge or george yeah i agree with this yeah it's annoying i would rather call him jorge and that is his name our spanish neighbors yeah have come up to talk to us and has told have told us to call our our uh, super and has called have called them have ca- have called him Jorge. Oh really? So now I know that they speak very little English, so they just might be pronouncing it the way that they pronounce that name, and maybe they he had told them, "Hi, I'm George," and that's just what he what they do. But I feel like they're eyeing us up and being like, "Guy, uh, those two people in three uh, R." They're not going to be able to handle Jorge. I'm going to have to George these motherfuckers. I would rather call him Jorge because that's what his name that's is. That's what his goddamn name is. <laughs> or is it? Or is this man just going by George and it's spelled Jorge? I feel Jorge. like I called him Jorge once and he was like, George. Yeah, he was like, hey, George. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, George J. Okay. Um. So he was coming over. He was supposed to come over Saturday morning. We actually don't know what happened to him because his phone got disconnected. Boom, and. <laughs> The number you're calling is not available or some shit. He never showed up and his phone was disconnected, but Friday night. Yeah, by the way, thanks, Jorge. Hey, I'm going to come really, really Hey, this is Jorge. What's up? Um, can we do Saturday? And don't worry, I'm going to come really, really early. So make sure that that little bit of time that you get to sleep in before your job, you make sure you wake your ass up and stand by the goddamn door and wait for me. Five hours later, he doesn't show up, and I don't get to eat breakfast. Yeah, Nick was really pissed. I was pissed. Um, so this kind of coincides. This Friday night, we um, started watching, is it Marie? What's the name of that show? Marie Condon? Condo? Uh, the- Condu? Condu? I think it's Condon. And then what's the name of the show? Tidying, Tidying up? up. It's it's her it's, it's her sort of documentary series, which is basically a reality show of uh, you know um, the art of tidying up. Everybody knows this book. It was a uh, huge hit, national bestseller, um, New York Times bestseller. And this is a Japanese woman mm-hmm. um, who is a, a whiz at being able to tidy up a home. And what she's really doing that I enjoy is she's not just showing, she's not just talking about how minimalism looks better, but she talks a lot about the psychological effects of minimalism. She's like, doesn't this clutter stress you out? And they're like, it does. Yeah, and so basically what the show is, it's like, you know, five or six episodes. I'm not too sure how many. But each episode, she goes to somebody else's home and sort of aids them in uh, using her system to tidy things up. Mm-hmm. And uh, she is amazing. Seems like she's changing lives. Ashley is like absolutely in love with this woman. I have never seen anyone just so, just like such a bright, shiny light in such a tiny, cute little package. Yeah, she's very tiny. <laughs> um, uh, I love she's her. she's very young too. She's, she's young. She's nice. <laughs> she's got like a big heart. She's present. I mean, she can do no wrong. And uh, so, yeah, we watched two episodes of that show. We watched two episodes. And then we realized this is Friday night at like a 1 a.m. We realized that um, George, George, a. George a is coming over at 8 a.m. And we we're like, shit, we need to get everything out from underneath the kitchen sink because we don't want him to have to like be going through our crap to get to the pipes. And so what did we do, Nick? At about 1.15 a.m. on Friday, actually Saturday morning, uh, Ashley and I tidied up. Hell yeah, we did. I we mean, threw out five bags of trash. We were throwing out trash. We were, uh, you know, uh, getting rid of things. It was crazy. I mean, we were really inspired by this show, so we want to thank and, you. Yeah, and Marie it was Condon. completely accidental. Like, it wasn't... Marie Kondo? I think it's Kondo. I don't know what it is. It was so accidental. We weren't watching the show looking to be inspired. We just knew that we had to get this stuff out from underneath the sink, and for some reason after watching the show it was just so easy to throw everything away and then we started cleaning up the room with no heat because we're like he can get to the heater easily more easy if we throw all this shit away and next thing you know we had five bags of trash we were bringing to the curb it was crazy y'all up moving around at 1 30 a.m going to the trash outside making trips getting 
things done. Another thing that happened in reality television this week is that Ashley, that's me, finished Instant Hotel. <sighs> this is tough, y'all. How do you feel about that, Nick? I've never finished a show without you. Yeah. Well, maybe you should have asked. I, you were in New Jersey, first off. Second off, I wanted to watch it. Third, I was like, he's not going to want to finish this with me. Oh, that's be why. Because we watched it and we both said on this fucking show <laughs> last week, are you going to watch it again? Yeah, I can't wait. Are you going to watch it again? Of course. Wouldn't miss an episode. And then two days later, you go ahead and finish the whole fucking season. Yeah, it was great. I loved it. You should you watch sh- it on your own. You should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> Why? I'm not going to watch it on my own. You've done this with me before. I'm codependent. I remember. What was that show that you just went ahead and finished? Never. That I was nothing. Upset? No, Nick. There nothing, was Ash. definitely nothing. a show that we were watching and you went ahead and finished it and I was upset about it. What was it? I don't remember right okay, at this moment, cool. but I mm-hmm. do know that it happened. No, it didn't happen. I 100% did. It didn't happen. It did. So what was your thought process here, Ash? <laughs> You have a, f- a billion fucking shows to watch. Yeah, I wanted to watch that one. And I just didn't see us making time for it. We have so many shows on the docket. We have Lindsay Lohan's Beach House, Beach Club, which we're going to be talking about. We have X on the Beach. We have Friday Night Lights. We have, um, what we else? only have Friday Night Lights <laughs> that we watch together. The rest of the shows come out weekly and we are caught up. Yeah. We have nothing else. Yeah. We have literally nothing else. Look, Nick, I'm sorry. So you watch the whole show. Why don't you give a nice review of it then? Um, are you going to accept my apology? Yeah, sure. I accept. Sure, sure, sure. Um, I just thought that this uh, the first season um, was so good. And can I say who won? Yeah, go ahead. Bondi, oh, Bondi and Barbie won. Um, which, by the way, I was listening to our podcast from last week. And I we... can't believe you just ruined that for me. <laughs> Fucking Bondi won? <gasps> I was listening to our podcast last week, and we had, you and I, had predicted them as the winners. Oh, cool. Yeah, great. I'm glad that you saw that through. There was so many fun moments with Mark, Mark the mullet head. Um, he was really just giving one-liners out towards the end, just being a real mm-hmm. funny champ. Mm-hmm. Um, Leroy, the last episode is Leroy's house, and guess what? It's bad. Who's Leroy? Leroy's the guy who's causing all the problems mm-hmm. and being mean to everybody mm-hmm. and now, snapping. Why, why was it bad? Well, first off, the whole season, the first two episodes you saw, and then for the next three or the next two episodes until we get to his house on the fifth episode, he's just constantly judging everyone's design choices. He's like, I'm an interior designer. This is gaudy. I'm an interior designer. This is all messed up. I'm an interior designer. This is like putting lipstick on a gorilla, is what he says of Bondi and Barbie's apartment. And um, he's just constantly like saying that he's an expert. He's a designer. He's an expert. And then we get to his house so much clutter. Okay, it was like everywhere you turned was stuff. There was no no one theme throughout the apartment, um, and it, even Bondi. Were these apartments or homes? This was a home, excuse me. And in this home, Bondi was like, uh, it looks like my grandma decorated it. She was right. There's like fake plants. There's just it was just very cluttered, very odd. Um, what did he think that was great about it, that he got, could be so judgmental on everybody else's? It was hard to tell, but he kept talking about, like, I have an eye for detail. Everything has um, everything has its place. And, and one thing that did kind of uh, work in his favor is that the bedding was all very nice. Remember how he kept complaining about mm-hmm. the bedding in other places? So, and Leroy's they house... They brought their own pillows. He did have feather down. I was really looking forward to seeing how that played out. Um, and he... Um, they lost. That's all. And he was not happy Who about won? it. Who won? Oh, Bondi and, and her mom? And Barbie, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What was nice about their place? You didn't see their place? No. You didn't see that episode? No. I didn't. <laughs> Um, their place was really cool. Yeah. It was called the Margaritaville mm-hmm. oh, House. Cool. And they all insisted. Oh, this was like a big. It was a Margaritaville House? Yeah, this was a big. You know my dad's a parrot head. <laughs> this was a big issue is that one of the rules of their house is that everyone has to enjoy a margarita. Mm-hmm. Mark refused to drink a margarita because it was too fruity for I him. I ain't drinking no margarita. And um, they lost a point for that. Because they had to drink one, uh-huh. so Mark took a point off? No, no. Bondi and Barbie, as rated them as guests, oh. took a point off because Mark did not have a margarita. Wow. Everyone was really pissed. And it, even after they called it a margarita, nobody... No, and no, no. Bondi nobody. and Barbie hired like a male stripper to come in and make them margaritas, and Mark was so uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> 
Fuck, Ashley. <laughs> I desperately want to see that. You should watch it. Also, another fun thing about Leroy and his partner was that their instant hotel was just in a suburb. It was just like literally in a cul-de-sac. And um, what was the reasoning? Like, what was the attraction around They there? had a pool. Oh. Yeah. And it's supposed to be like a cool tropical area. And so people went out and they did um, crab hunting with spears. And it turned out that Bondi was very good at it. And then the other guys went and got like facials, I think, or they went on a boat. One of the two. <sighs> so you're trying to tell me uh-huh. that you went ahead yeah. and finished off. Yeah the greatest reality show that anybody's ever written. I don't know if it's the greatest reality show. They should get more than just white people on that show. That would be nice. That was very strange about that show because also they introduce the cast as being like, we rounded up the most diverse aren't they group. From, aren't they all Kiwis? They're all Australians. Uh, Australians? Eh, are there anybody but weird white people from Australia? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's not just white people in Australia. But they were like, we rounded up the most diverse group of instant hotel owners. And then they just, they just showed white people. Mm. That was kind of odd. Um. Well, you know what else is odd? What? You just going rogue. Hey, let's take a break. And then before we get into our next show. Should we take a break? You yeah, want to? Let's do it. Okay, we could, we could break. And then we'll come back talking a little bit about Lindsay Lohan's Beach Club. You're going to want to stick around. Folks, we're back. That's right. So Nick and I did it. We, we took did it, y'all. the plunge. We did it, y'all. Uh, I mean, there was never a choice in the matter. Yeah. We were always going to watch Lindsay Lohan's Beach Club. Yeah. And we watched the first episode actually right before we turned on this podcasting machine. Mm-hmm. And uh, boy, Ash, what'd you think? Um, I give it a solid B minus. A B minus. Mm-hmm. You've never given us a report card grade to any of our other shows. So what does a B minus mean? Well, okay. So I recently watched the first episode ever of Vanderpump Rules. You did? The show that this show is clearly trying to be. It's very similar. I mean, we did read an article that said that. and I'm not too sure at this point that if I would have seen this, it would have rang true to me mm-hmm. um with it out already with that idea not already being in my head mm-hmm. i was thinking about it going in watching it i can see that yes because I, I wasn't too clear on the premise before watching and then realizing that oh this show is really going to be less about Lindsay and more about the, her staff her vip ambassadors ambassadors is what yeah. they're called yeah um so it's. I found that the first episode to be sort of lacking in um, substance and stakes. I didn't find the the narrative that like Lindsay Lohan is trying to create a safe place, and that is why she's so critical of her ambassadors. Because that's really I feel like was the arc of this was like these ambassadors are here representing me, but this is my safe place away from the paparazzi, so they have to like embody that. That same sort of it's got to be a, a, a safe environment I, I i had no idea but i mean this part of it where she was really kind of harping on that yeah I, I, that was gonna be that was a surprise to me i was like oh yeah she's got a beach club and she's people are working at it but the idea that like i'm trying to create an environment for myself that yeah. is that was a little strange to me and that's how it was set up with like you know me from being in the spotlight and then it was like a montage of her being hounded by the paparazzi Lindsay lohan has kicked a baby down the stairs <laughs> it's like a whole bunch of clips of her doing crazy things. her in court you know drug allegations and even brought up the fact that her ex-fiance um hit her on this beach and it was, was out of nowhere it, yeah. it was a lot of like the the this episode seemed to be about like i am creating this place as a safe place for me and these ambassadors represent that and I I felt you know I think that if I hadn't just so recently watched uh, Vanderpump Rules first episode I would have given Lindsay Lohan's Beach Club an A I would have given it an A wow but because I saw Vanderpump do the same thing in their first episode this is what my restaurant's about and these are the people who work here and it was so much more compelling yeah then it took marks off of Lindsay's show what i didn't like about the staffing part of this it's like okay they're the lohan ambassadors mm-hmm. but really they're just kind of like bartenders waitresses prostitutes maybe well, one of them was like making out with a guy, vip yeah. 
person. Um, but like there are other staff. Yeah. Like there's other people walking around doing work. Waitresses. Yeah. And, and bartenders. It, and it's like, okay, so you're like a shot girl. I kind of get it. You're a little different than maybe just like a server um, or a bartender. But you're not like you, you're like a, the face of the club. I didn't like the fact that we flew these people in to to staff this place, and we needed them to come from Los Angeles or New York mm-hmm. um, to make sure that. I mean, for what reason? It seems like you have perfectly great people in Mykonos already. That, I got the impression that these people they were bringing in were like already considered influencers, like already had high Instagram numbers. What's that going to do for you, though? Okay, like take away the fact that this is a TV. show show yeah what is the fact that somebody has a great instagram account going to do for you as far as being a really good servant Mm -hmm. at your beach club in greece you know what i mean it's like you're already there like what what you know you just need these people i mean the people yes all the people they staffed are very hot very young very fun but so is i'm sure the people that were already staffed yeah i saw those people they were hot and fun too and so the thing about Vanderpump Rules is, yes, a lot of those people seem to be brought in for the show, but there was like a bunch of people that were just like, they looked like servers yeah. in L.A. They looked like bartenders in L.A. And and it wasn't that much of a jump to be like, oh, this is just like your typical kind of like, you know, excuse my French, but shitty like high-end restaurant, yeah. posh restaurant in L.A. It seems like we were getting more of what you would consider a slice of life. Mm-hmm. This was like... We looked at a bunch of applications with people's pictures and they wrote an essay about why they would want to be at Lindsay Lohan's Beach Club to be a server. Yeah. And it's like, okay, so it's like not real at all. They flew these people in. They like kind of put them under the hot light and Mm -hmm. kind of like and just kind of like saw whether or not they were compatible. And then it's just like they are all wearing white while the rest of the crew is wearing black and it's like these are the imbe- like I didn't get it. Like, well, let's go through the show kind of scene by scene, not like a complete recap, but just a, um, a a roundup of what we saw. So as we said, we you know we were given the backstory on Lindsay Lohan as a character herself, just her entire breakdown, why she created. This by the way, club. Lindsay's voice is shot. Yeah, she does not. She doesn't. I, she doesn't look she doesn't feel good I look at her and I'm not I'm worried I'm still worried about her I thought I was gonna watch this and be like she really came into her own but she still seems troubled nah she didn't like to me she didn't seem unstable oh my god I completely disagree I what about that did. scene with the religious girl where the religious girl's like my family is really religious and Lindsay's like oh you're religious and she's like my family's religious and then Lindsay's like the story changes she said that I'm very very religious no and she said I my she family did. Nick I will die on this hill why she said <laughs> my family is very religious and, and Lindsay then- said I she goes, oh, you're religious. And then the girl says, my family is. Re-. She's just repeating what she said. My family is See, religious. I didn't hear it that way. I heard her say, I'm very religious. Nope. And then she was like, kind of questioned her about it. And then she was like, well, my family is very religious. Nope. And she said that it's changing. She said, my family is very religious. Lindsay Lohan goes, you're very religious. And the girl goes, my family is very religious. <sighs> didn't hear it that way. So after- And I will die on that hill. So after this montage of who Lindsay is and what she's about, we meet her um, creative partner, whose name is Panos. Panos? Yeah, Panos. Um, Very fun character. Liked him a lot, except for his cheap, shitty sunglasses. Yeah, uh, I immediately noticed that the the lenses of those sunglasses were not reflecting off the camera in a very, in a wealthy way. They were rippled. They were clearly bad $5 sunglasses, like from like uh, St. Mark's Street or something. Yeah. Uh, place. St. Mark's, Mark's Place. place. Um, um, I liked Panos a too. lot. I thought he was probably the highlight of the show. I liked how shitty he was. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked how he was like a take no shit person. And he was just like, I'm going to be the guy that is like a piece of shit boss. I'm the just bad gonna, guy. I'm the bad guy. And he like ate every bit of it up. And, yeah. and so did I. Yeah. Uh, Lindsay, I'm telling you, I didn't think Lindsay came off too bad on this show. She just like... She's like, hey, what's up, guys? Oh, my God. Like, you're just voices shot, like, skin. I mean, you're in Mykonos. Like, throw some self-tanner on. Like, mm-hmm. she was too pale for TV. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I just wasn't feeling her lipstick. I, I don't know. I'm, now, I'm a big Lindsay fan. Always have been, always will be. 
I'm going, I'm being a little hard on her. And boy, oh boy, can I not wait for the scene in which she does her viral dance, that dance that we got to see oh so many times on Twitter a few months back. Yeah. I cannot wait for that episode where she cuts loose and dances. That's going to be so much fun. That is going to be fun. This one, she was more of like a momager, you know, boss position. She was clearly, she's the Vanderpump, the Lisa Vanderpump of the situation where she's got all these people and she's just kind of making sure everybody, you know, there's a scene in which somebody was kind of crying. She was like being very supportive with that well, person. I don't know, because she was being supportive with that person in the moment, cut to an interview with her, and she's like, I will not stand for people crying. I need them to be confident. Yeah. If you're crying, you're not confident. And I was like, wow, that's harsh, Lindsay. Lindsay. Another thing is that after the VIP people get here, they're all sent to their rooms, which and they're given like all this alcohol and a pool, and they all get drunk, and they start sw- like swimming. They're like skinny dipping. And then Lindsay and um, her creative director show up. Panos. Panos. And they're like, okay, now it's time for us to get to know you. And it's like, this is such a clear setup. You clearly sent them there thinking it was the end of the night. You gave them all this alcohol. Well, she did say, like, I like to keep them on my on their toes as she was walking in in the interview. So yeah. maybe that was not supposed to be so sneaky, but more like we planned on doing this. And, yes, caught them sort of with their pa- pants down and uh, sat around and, like, did the first, like, kind of group, like, get-to-know-you session when everybody was clearly half in the bag, soaking wet, and sort of set them up in a way. And one of the women on the show really... Gabby. Re- Gabby really got a bad. Gabby really with got the blue a bad. hair. Had blue hair, wouldn't shut up. Lindsay clearly didn't like her immediately. Mm-hmm. She kept interrupting. Um, in her interviews, She uh, Lindsay kept saying, like, your boss is coming here and you're going to greet her in a bra with wet hair. And it's like, well, they were all in the pool, yeah. Lindsay. Like, I mean, you know, and she, I guess there was another person that was in her bra. and like I think the Lindsay, blonde Lindsay jewels, maybe. Lindsay didn't call her out. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, so. Yeah, and there, there was, it was just a whole, it was very strange strange uh dynamic happening also there's some guy i think his name's brent brent what a jerk you don't like brent no yeah brent seemed like a little high strong so when they first get their first assignments by the way there's some spoilers here so i guess we should have said that before but come on you you, guys know how the cast works and y'all should have watched this already um so yeah there's a point when they finally do their first day of work and panos is like giving everybody their duty um he clearly saw that brent was very confident he was like you know what brent you're gonna work the one vip suite that we have sold um and there's a uh, a woman from dubai who's known to be a jet setter her name is natalie and uh, she's gonna come in or and, natasha and i want you to just do anything that she asks okay and we'll see we'll really we want put, you you want her to spend her money we'll, we will put you to the test and then she 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 i believe panos even called her a nightmare like yeah. something like that and so then this woman shows up and she's like gorgeous and um, immediately takes to Brent. Yeah, gorgeous and, and alone, and has yeah. clearly just hired Brent to be her boy servant. Yeah, and and like kind of forces Brent to take shots with her, or not forces, but sort of asks. And, yeah, and like they they start like kind of making out. They definitely and, were making out, and it and everybody else in the staff is like super jelly, yeah, like super jealous of like this entire situation. Yep. Um and. I, I guess because they felt like he was just kind of chilling all day yeah. rather than having to work on the floor with everybody else. Yeah. And then at the end of the night, um, a few of them, uh, namely one of the women, I can't remember her name. Yeah, start with a J. Yeah, Junita? Something like Let that? Let me look it up. It really doesn't matter. There was a woman there and uh, she- Who might be my favorite, Calls his ass out hardcore. Yeah. But really doesn't have a leg to stand on because she didn't sell as much liquor as him and also like- during the day in which uh, Brent was with this woman, this high roller, they kind of ratted him out to Panos, like being like, you see Brent? Like, boy, they're all over together. And he's, and then and Panos was like, yeah, that's fine. He's not in trouble. He's doing what the client asks for. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, why are they trying to rip this guy so Janita. bad? Yeah, that's her that's name. That's what I said, yeah. Oh, good job. I, I guessed it and I got it right. Good job. Um, so... It was strange to me that they wanted to rat him out so hard. Like, everybody doesn't like this guy, Brent, clearly, because, like, he's full of himself. Yeah. Well, he was also kind of an asshole to the blonde right in the beginning where he was like, just so you know, I don't like vanilla girls. And she was basic, like, basic girls. And she's like, 
do you think I'm basic? And he's like, I don't like blondes. And she's like, like, listen, I'm just not attracted to blondes. It's just not my thing. And she's like, okay. He's like, she's like, okay, well, yeah, I'm not really attracted to you. So you're not my thing either. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah, so I guess he's kind of being a jerk. Who wants but it's an like, unsolicited, I'm not attracted to you? Yeah. Nobody. It's, it's no fun. Yeah. So then uh, then at the end of the night, Janita kind of gets on Brent's case, calls him out for it. And, and uh, Brent's like, I sold her four high-end bottles. Like, yeah. how much did you sell? And then she didn't have anything to say. And so the next morning, when they do their morning meeting before their next shift, uh, Panos has a meeting with everybody and kind of singles Brent out as being the star cl- uh, yeah. the star ambassador, selling the most money. And literally looks at him. He's like, listen, she asked you to do whatever, and you did whatever she asked for, and that's great, and that's all I asked for. And honestly, all that matters is money. We all know that. You sold the most, so you're the best. Yeah. And like then looks at this Janita and goes, and you, you were the worst. Yeah. And I wonder, it didn't seem, I mean, everybody seemed not great walking around on the floor, but like, what? I mean, there was a point in which she looked like she was sleeping on a couch. Yeah. But it was like she was maybe too trashed. I, I don't know why he decided to single her out. I thought her that was kind of interesting. Drama, maybe. This maybe. is my problem with the show on the first on my first viewing. Mm-hmm. The stakes there, there are no stakes for me because we've just seen these people be flown in and just meet each other all at once. It's not like I, I don't I don't care about them and and I don't care that they're there and it doesn't seem to matter to me. Like with Vanderpump, sure, we're all meet the first episode ever, season one, episode one, you're meeting these people for the first time, but they all know each other. They, this is their job. They want to be there. The stakes are already built in. There are no stakes here besides Lindsay Lohan's famous and we want to work for her. I don't understand yeah. what there is to care about. I guess to stay there. Yeah, but who like ultimately it's not like it's not like, oh, I've been here for three years now and like this is my world and I really like it here and my friends are here and this is how I spend every summer. It's like, oh, I just showed up at this resort yesterday and it seems pretty cool. I hope I don't have to leave. I don't give a shit about that. There There are no stakes built into it. I guess the stakes will be when they start forming romantic relationships and subsequently breaking up with one another. What they, Yeah, that'll be good. What they should have done, though, is they should have hired all these people a year ago and have them work there for a year and then bring the cameras in. Yeah. And we can see these already established relationships instead of, you know what it is? In fucking improv, okay? Excuse me. Um, <laughs> well, you get fired for, up. For getting so passionate. But in improv, nothing is more boring in improv than watching two characters meet each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want two characters to come into a scene who have an established uh, backstory, who have history, mm. who can reference things, who who know each other's buttons. You know, it's when we when we as humans meet another human, we're so guarded we don't even show a fraction of ourselves, and that does not make good reality television. Get to the action. Yeah. Folks, that was the show. Wow. Thank you so much for listening. I would uh, ask you, please, uh, to find it in your heart, to scroll down at the bottom of the Apple Podcast app and rate this podcast five stars and give us a nice little review. Yeah. Say a little something nice. You can follow us on Twitter at Reality Blows Podcast. Nope, it's Reality Blows Pod. At Reality Blows Pod. You can find us, uh, you can find Ashley on Twitter at Ashley B. Roberts. Find me on Instagram by searching my name, Nick Maritato. That's N-I-C-K-M-A-R-I-T-A-T-O. And please, if you have any comments, questions, concerns, email us. Uh, that uh, the the email is <laughs> realityblowspodcast at gmail.com is our email. Um, and as always, let's hope we keep it crazy in Mykonos. And we remember our SPF. Bye.